0: gift for free that's t-h-r-i-v-e market.com slash truth talks thrivemarket.com slash truth talks hey friend you're listening to truth talks with tara a podcast dedicated to helping you know love and live god's word i'm your host tara and i am so glad that you're here Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So what do you say? Let's get into it. Welcome back to Truth Talks with Tara, my sweet friends. It is so good to be here with you today. I want to, before we get in the conversation, just give you a virtual hug. I was sitting the other day thinking about how thankful I am for you as friends, as sisters and brothers in Christ, and also just how I could not be doing this without you. Literally, you guys make this possible. Your listens, your downloads, you giving your time and tuning into the show every single week or if you're just joining us, being a part of the show. God is such a blessing and he has blessed this community and this podcast so much. And so I just want to say thank you for being here, for faithfully listening, for rating and reviewing, for sharing with your friends. You guys, I love you and I wish I could sit down at coffee with each and every one of you, buy you a cup of coffee and thank you and have a conversation with you face to face. But this is as good as opportunity as ever and as we can get at this point. So just wanted to give you a little shout out before we start this episode. But I hope you're also just loving, loving, loving this Christmas season and also loving the Christmas episodes here on the podcast. December so far has already, and it's only been a few weeks, has already been full of such incredible conversations and um, things that have really even stirred my heart about the Christmas season. And for you who may be listening like me, who have heard the Christmas story and who have lived many Christmases with Christ before, I just pray that this has reignited and reminded you of the true beauty of christmas and um not dwelling on the things of christmas but the king of kings that came at christmas today's episode is with a new friend hannah anderson she is such a joy such a woman who has gone before and has um, so much wisdom to give us about the advent season she wrote a new advent devotional called heaven and nature sing 25 advent devotionals to bring joy to the world and we're talking Today, about what Advent truly is. If you hear Advent all the time on social media or in church or just around the Christian community, you may be wondering okay, what really is Advent? What does it mean? I know it's a couple weeks out of the month of December, but what does it really entail? So today, Hannah and I are breaking that down. What is Advent? How have we as a society and culture maybe skewed Advent? And what does it really mean from God's word? And how can we get back to the original beautiful meaning to celebrate it? We're also talking about what to do when we don't really feel it, when we feel like we're kind of behind in our Advent reading and we're kind of behind in our decorations and we kind of feel hustled and overwhelmed during Christmas and know we should be feeling joyful. We're talking about that as well as how we as creation can enjoy christmas and also how creation around us can glorify the lord such a pact like a biblically rich episode and i cannot wait to share it with you If you have a free moment too while you're listening to the podcast or even after this episode concludes, I would just encourage you to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, literally wherever. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes that you can be a part of the family and know every single week when an episode drops and you can have them just readily at your fingers and also take a moment to give a rating and review. You can do that on Spotify. You can give it a little star, however many stars. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and even write a testimony, or something that you've loved about the show, this is an incredible way to get the show out to more ears and in turn, just get more people excited about knowing, loving, and living God's word. So that could be a really simple and quick Christmas gift from you to me (laughs) that does not take time at all and it moves mountains. It does wonders. So, okay, now that I've said that, let's get into my conversation about Advent and really settling into the season with Hannah. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on Truth Talks with Tara. It is so fun to meet you and to be able to talk all things Christmas, which is arguably one of my favorite things ever. Um, So it's a fun celebration day to one, meet you, and then two, get to also celebrate Heaven and Nature Sing, your newest Advent devotional. So it comes at such a sweet time. So before we jump into our conversation today about Advent and about centering ourselves back onto Christ during this season, would you take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about you, and then also a random favorite thing you're loving, because that's kind of one of my favorite things also to hear from guests on the show.
1: Well, I am so glad to be with you and to be with your listeners today. Um, I am coming from Southwest Virginia. So we live in the blue Ridge mountains here. Um, my husband, Nathan grew up in this area and we moved back maybe 10 years ago, really have started putting down roots here. Mm. Um, and so we, we just love the area we live in and A couple years ago, I started finding that, um, my writing, so I'm an author. um, I started just pulling these threads of place and um, nature and creation because that's what we were surrounded by. Mm -hmm. And I've really been able to lean into that over the last few years. But we keep busy here. Um, We have three kids, uh, Phoebe, Harry, and Peter. And when I first started writing, I would introduce myself as a mom, two young children. And then very quickly, I had to change that bio. And I was like, oh, my, they are all growing up. Aww. very fast. <laughs> So um, we've entered into a season now where we've got all teenagers. Wow. And um, our oldest actually went away to college this <gasps> semester. Oh, my so,
0: gosh. Wow. I didn't I realize know. that they were that age, like, I mean, they, or in that stage of life.
1: They are. Um, Now, Um, my husband and I got married, you know, fairly young, right out of college, and mm -hmm. started our family fairly young. Um, So it's been a whirlwind. Um, But one of my favorite things I'm loving right now is uh, FaceTime. So I I actually did not really do a whole lot of uh, FaceTime or video calling until my daughter went away. And now it's like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing in the world. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is so fun. And
0: I mean, I was even just talking to my parents and then um, my grandparents about it. And like, you know, sometimes, especially like grandparent age, they don't understand it. They're like, well, like, you know, sometimes people like don't love the whole social media thing, but this is one of the coolest things that has come out of having a smartphone is FaceTime. Like, can you imagine if you didn't have that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been really wonderful. And uh, even like a couple years ago, I didn't even care. You know, my kids would all use it with their friends and talk to sure. people and I was like, Oh, whatever. And then suddenly when your baby's gone, it makes yeah. a whole difference. Oh, and then when you have grandkids
0: someday, hopefully that they're, they, mm-hmm. they come back close. But, um, but once you have FaceTime for that, even my parents live 15 minutes up the road. And yet when they don't see my little nine month old, they want to FaceTime him like the next day. So <laughs> Oh, did you hear me there?
1: Oh, there. Yeah. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I didn't know you were done.
0: Oh, it's all right. <laughs> Um, but I love those favorite things. FaceTime is so fun. It seems like your guys' life is so full. And then just on top of that, releasing Heaven and Nature Sing, 25 Advent Devotionals. Um, just to bring joy to the world. Is that is that what it is? I'm I'm forgetting right now. But yes, no, that's exactly what it is. Perfect. Okay, I thought so. It was it just <laughs> rolled off the tongue there. Um, but I have enjoyed reading this a lot. And I think for me, sometimes Advent devotionals are kind of overwhelming. I feel like, and we're gonna talk about this, I feel like I have to keep up. I feel like it has to be this rigid schedule and if I miss one day then you know the advent schedule and season is just all off and that's just sometimes how I approach it but I've loved going through yours at this pace of grace really. Um and like you said your words are very poetic. They are very not only just so biblically sound that I've really enjoyed, but they're just so fun and delightful to read. Um, So I'm excited to talk about this today. Um, Friends listening, we're going to kind of dive into um, maybe how the Advent season has changed. Hannah talks a lot about how Advent used to be, and how now we may feel the pressure to decorate and to do all these material things instead of really focusing on what Advent is. So, if you need this conversation to recenter your heart on the true meaning of the season, we are going to dive in that today. So, Hannah, would you start out with that exact thing? So, you speak a lot about the Advent season and how it's changed over time, and now it's just kind of a countdown to Christmas with treats and material things, which isn't bad, but not the main focus. So would you mind explaining to us and friends listening that maybe some of the ways we may have misunderstood Advent and how we can get back to the
1: original intent? You know, that is such a great point to highlight right at the beginning here, Tara, because I think, um, you know, probably a lot of folks had a similar experience of Advent that I did, which was um, Advent was maybe a countdown to Christmas. Maybe right. it started December 1st and you had maybe a calendar or like chocolates or something that you would get one little treat all the way to right. Christmas. Um, historically, though, that's not what these weeks before Christmas have been like. And if you look back through church history, Advent actually started really, really early on, like the 400s or the 500s or the first kind of recorded um expressions of it. So we're talking about something that has been established in the Christian calendar for a long time, but it's actually changed and morphed. Mm -hmm. So that today, What we experience of Advent, it it isn't wrong, but it's a little bit different emphasis and it puts a little bit different tenor on these weeks before Christmas. So historically, these weeks would have been a focus on not just Christ's first coming, but his second coming. Hmm. And that would be um, developed, that focus would be developed through meditation through longing, through lament, through a kind of quieter couple weeks um, before the Christmas celebration um, begins. And if listeners are hearing that, and that's like, that's not what my weeks feel like (laughs) at all before Christmas. Right. It's exactly right. It's, It's actually, we've changed where we put the emphasis. So like now Christmas almost is the last big celebration of the season. Mm, yeah. where in the past it would have been the first big celebration. And so we just have to be uh, cognizant of that, you know, just be aware that we are in a season of preparation for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And one of the invitations of Advent, and and this is where I really want to kind of give us all a little bit of grace here, is this is not an obligation. When we talk mm-hmm. about Advent, we're not talking about adding one more thing to your holiday season to make sure you're a good person or to do it right. Yeah. What we're trying to recover is this kind of historical rootedness and invitation to maybe just own our limits, maybe acknowledge all the ways that we need God in our life, all the ways that we can't do this on our own in order to prepare us for the savior that's coming at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. So in a way you know, having a quieter, almost melancholy, reflective couple weeks before Christmas is a little more historically the norm. And I think there's just kind of permission there um, to pace ourselves, to slow down and not feel like we have to keep up with all of the celebration and holiday frenzy.
0: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online so it flows with your lifestyle and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp slash truth talks.
1: This episode is brought to you by visit Williamsburg.
0: You know, all of the, I was talking with my dad last night, just kind of sparked a thought what you said. Um, I was talking with my dad last night about our favorite Christmas traditions and memories. And we were talking about how none of that is really bad, but we get so caught up in it as our central focus that then we start believing, like you said, that we have to keep up, that we have to make things look picture perfect. I mean, just to be honest, my husband and I have had our tree in our house for two or three days at this point, and we have not decorated it yet. I still have boxes everywhere. And yet this morning, and I woke up feeling like I was behind. I'm like December first. None of my decorations are up, and and this and that. And I just caught myself thinking before this conversation. Okay, like where is my mind at? And to have this reminder, um, Hannah it was so freeing to know that like actually Advent is a time to be still and to lament and to long, and and that it's actually something that we should celebrate every single day and not just like, let's get through the next day just so we can get to Christmas, like to not waste those days. Um, I've really appreciated that about what you shared in heaven and nature Sing. Um, another thing I was thinking about too, Hannah, that you shared was the value of creation. In, and how it plays a role in christmas and advent not only in this just but specifically as we talk about christmas i am one of those people that like you said like i grow up i've grown up in oregon here we have beautiful um country landscapes i'm surrounded by creation but often we don't see creation as vividly in a way that is how god like talks to us you know i mean we open up the bible and we can say that's how god talks to us 100 and we go outside and we don't think about creation so let's back up a little bit and let's talk about how we can actually see Christmas more reflectively through the eyes of creation, because I don't want it to be something that we skim over because it's actually so important as you, as you tell us in the book. So maybe expand on that a little more for us.
1: Yeah. I love how, um, you know, you bring up that the scripture is so important for us to hear the witness and testimony of God.
0: Because yeah. whenever
1: I talk about um, the witness and testimony of creation, I, I don't want folks to to hear me saying creation, not scripture. I'm right, just saying right. creation and scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact is that the God who wrote the scripture and gave us his word that way is the same guy God mm. who made Creation. And so we shouldn't be surprised when we hear the same kinds of things being expressed in both places. Right. And so for me in my writing and kind of giving more attention and attunement to the creation is an exercise in saying, how is God revealing his glory and his truth in almost a storytelling way, Mm -hmm. almost in a way, um, you know, Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God, um, the firmament shows forth his handiwork. And so we know there's a witness here, but it's a witness without words. So it's almost like we're watching um, the truth of God's story play out in front of us, almost in a play form. Mm. So When we give attention to creation, we're looking at things more like, what is the shape of the world? What are the realities that then become fully fleshed out in the scripture? So Mm. one real quick example is the idea that um, a seed falls into the ground and dies and brings forth um, more life out of its death than when it was alive. And that illustration is used in the scripture to speak of Christ's own death, how his death brought forth life so abundantly for his people. Um, And so it's that kind of taking something that's happening in the natural world and realizing that it is almost pre-evangelistic. It's almost preparing our hearts to think in a certain way about the reality that then is um, explained more fully in the scripture. So for Christmas, one thing I think that the creation does testify to, and one thing that became a big focus of mine in writing this book, was just the kind of cyclical nature of uh, life and death through the seasons. Now, I live um, in a place that has four seasons. Not everybody has that. (laughs) But regardless of where you live, um, plant life will go through dormant seasons where there's um fruit at a time there's flowers and fruit but then it will die off for a season mm-hmm. and then come back so that's that's a normal cycle and i think when we're in a season of advent we're really in that dormancy
0: right. we're in that
1: time that doesn't feel a life-giving it doesn't feel like there's fruit it doesn't feel like we're actually productive and we're being asked to kind of wait mm-hmm. and i think you look at the life cycles of plants, there's there's a waiting period that is very right. normal and normative to the creation, but one that we're not as comfortable with. Mm. We don't like that season of dormancy. We don't like that season of waiting. And one thing Advent is kind of asking us to come into is a greater level of comfort with that, to realize wow. that this is part of what we're longing for is when Christ will come and bring life, not just to us, but to all of his creation.
0: Hmm. That's beautiful. I think, like you said, it's an uncomfortable thing for us to think about, but I'm reminded over and over again that God like never called us to the comfortable and, and, and like there's nothing necessarily wrong with the uncomfortable. Um, there's nothing, it's honestly, like you said, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see what he brings about from it. Um, I come from a farming family over here in Oregon. I'm sure my listeners are tired of hearing that, but I just, I connect so much with creation and with nature because I'm surrounded also by four seasons. And I'm even looking out my window right now and seeing the dormant trees. Um, and they look very sad.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm.
0: what's really cool is that I know in the next couple months, I mean, we get a lot of rain over here. So the rain's going to come, the spring is going to come and they're going to be flowering and beautiful again. But God made, like you said, even just for the trees and the plants, God like wove within their DNA to have the cyclical nature, like you said, and it's the same thing for us. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the Israelites. I'm thinking of God's people who waited and longed for and lamented and probably were so frustrated and so impatient. And been like is this ever going to happen? There's a prophesied Messiah. You know, everyone's talking about, I just don't feel like it's ever going to come. And I think if anything, I'm reminded through even reading your devotional as well, that the longing and the waiting keeps us, well, it can either push us away from God to be frustrated and to be disappointed and to be like, I'm just not going to trust him anymore. Or it can push us to this really awesome place of dependence and expectancy and hope knowing that what he said is is really gonna come. So I think a lot of that, I love that you talked on the expectancy of that. What would you say though? I'm thinking, what would you say to someone who's like, I just don't connect with creation, whether I live Mm -hmm. in a weird place, like, like you said, like, it's just, it seems it's, you know, it's it's dormant, it's dry, there's nothing pretty about it. I don't, I live in the city, like, I don't see a lot of creation. What would you say to that person that wants to embrace creation um, as a way to see Christ and to reflect this season um, and just life in general, um, but just doesn't feel like they connect in that way?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question because mm-hmm. the last thing I think I want folks to feel is that the witness of creation is only for people who are naturalists or mm-hmm. it's only wow. for people who like to garden sure. or it's only for people who would rather be outside than inside. You know, some folks are home buddies. Some people like yeah. to be inside and creature comforts um, more than it, nature in and of itself is not necessarily... Um, an ideal place, you know, <laughs> it yeah. can be brutal. <laughs> so, so this isn't a call for people to, you know, pick up roots and go live off grid and, right, right. you know, be, come back to the earth type of people. But what I think I'm, I'm hoping we can catch a vision of is how much God has written his wisdom into the logic of the world and even into us as part of the world. So even our own bodies are part of creation. They're they're part of the testimony and witness to who God is, to his glory, to his wisdom. And so I don't think the goal is to um, necessarily create this Um, affection or attachment to creation and nature but maybe to open up our imagination just a little bit right kind of give us a slightly different perspective even on ourselves and the the way that god is speaking um through our own bodies through our hearts through our through our house plans. I mean, nature isn't just mountains and starry skies. Um, it can be your cat. It can be your dog. It can be the cactus that you're desperately uh, trying to keep alive. (laughs) Right. You know, so, so it's really much more present than, Mm -hmm. um, we're always conscious of. And maybe this is just a call to say, well, wherever nature is in your life, wherever it already is. Sure. Um, just maybe um, attune your eyes and your ears to what's being said there.
0: Hmm. I I really appreciate that because I think, like you said, sometimes it's like, do I need to like go out and hike, you know, 20 miles and, and, you know, get somewhere where I'm just immersed in it? it's not a bad thing, but I appreciate the permission to be like, okay, like let's get creative with the nature around us. And what it really points to is like, what, what are we, when we look at creation, what should be the goal is to stand in awe of our creator and of God and you know, of that, instead of praising the creation, um, praising God for working and living and breathing and speaking through creation, Um, even, even us. So another um, last question I've been really thinking over, I've had a lot of conversations with friends lately about this. And so I would love to hear your take on it, Hannah. And that is for those who may not be feeling the most joyful about this season, who may not be excited about Advent, who may be like we talked about earlier, like are so tired and exhausted and comparing their lives and their decorations and <laughs> their kids and, um, and feeling the pressure to be happy during a season that's tough and busy. Um, what encouragement would you give them today as, as kind of we wrap up this conversation?
1: Yeah, well, I just want to name and affirm everything you've just stated, because not only um, do we have our individual struggles, but the last few years have been communally traumatic. Like mm. we've had so much that we've had to face as families and churches and communities and nation just in the last two or three years. Right. Even though we might feel that we're finally getting, um, some solid ground under our feet again, we still haven't completely dealt with the what we've lost. There's Mm -hmm. still this season of assessing um, norms and practices and um, habits that were maybe broken over the last few years that haven't gotten reestablished, or Mm. maybe we lost people, we lost friends and family. And those losses are particularly sensitive during the holiday season when everyone is telling you to be joyful, (laughs) right? So there's this kind of expectation of Christmas being the happiest time of the year and all of this magic and celebration. And when you bring your full self, honestly, to those spaces, you also bring your grief, you, you bring your longing, you bring um, all the loss that's built up. And, and so one thing that's beautiful about Advent is it doesn't ask us To pretend like those things aren't real, Mm. and in fact, it invites us to name them. This these weeks before Christmas, when we're paying attention to all the ways that we aren't enough, all the ways that our world is broken, all the ways that we long for things to be made right, Um, and part of the reason I, I landed on creation as a part way of storytelling is because um, the Bible says that even creation is groaning and longing Mm. Romans eight says that the earth around us is longing and waiting for uh, the children of God to be revealed for redemption to come. And so I think one of the beautiful permissions that Advent gives us is it gives us the space to be honest about our grief and our longing while also giving us the hope that one day these griefs will be healed Mm. and the hope that Christ in his coming is coming to remake the world and to remake us in it. And so there is both the honesty of naming our losses, but also naming our hope Mm, um, and having that hope delivered to us at the end of Advent on Christmas morning.
0: Mm, I love that it's like this beautiful culmination it's like this linear I'm just thinking like, I'm very visual so I'm just thinking this linear journey that we that culmination is Jesus' birth but then also like you talk about a lot and you've mentioned in this conversation the second coming of Christ mm-hmm. and how important that is to also like continue uh, co- continue carrying us even after Christmas knowing that yes Jesus came but he is also coming back. Um, And that's an integral part of the Christmas story. I am so thankful that um, you spoke that word about holding both the grief and the joy, um, because I know in my life, when I've had those moments of grief or sadness or any of those trials, I know that my hope in Christ is what will carry me through. And if I did not have the hope of Christ, I I wouldn't know what to do with it. And if we can see these opportunities um, that God God gives us the opportunities, I mean, to take those moments of grief, um, to look to him and to turn to him. And so kind of taking those moments and being like, God, thank you for giving me like, although this sucks, thank you for giving me an opportunity to look to you and to hold on to you and lament with you and grieve with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, Hannah, thank you. I think everyone needs that reminder and that permission of whatever they're walking through uh, to be able to hold both, um, both in hand with the Lord. Um, I have been really encouraged through this episode. I've loved heaven and nature sing as we wrap up. Would you, um, I'll have the links and everything, but would you just remind everyone, um, where they can grab heaven and nature sing? Um, I know we're, you know, a a week or so into December, but how it's not too late and how it's also not too late to, you know, it's never too late to be able to put up those decorations, to read this, to uh, recenter on Christ. So why don't you share where people can find heaven and nature sing and also
1: connect with you? Yeah, thanks. Um, so folks can find the book on major retailers. They can also find it at my website, sometimes a light.com and B and H publishers. And I do want to just, uh, affirm what you said to folks. I wrote this book intentionally for people like me who have low executive function and cannot keep up with something they commit to. Mm. So <laughs> the essays all work individually. Yeah. They work together, but if you get the book halfway through Advent or two days before Christmas, you're right. still going to be able to um, enjoy it and process through it. Um, if you are more structured and you want to go through Advent, you can get an e copy too. Um, you know, you can catch up. Um, but I just don't want folks to think that they can't join in the book because, um, it's too late. It's, it right. really is never too late. <laughs> I love that. And again, like, even though I'm super type
0: A and super like, like that kind of track, I, life is busy no matter what you have going on. And so some things just fall through the cracks and just having that freedom of being like, I can pick this up when you know, when the Lord really creates that space for it and I can still get the full extent out of it. So I will have that linked below. And then also where you can connect with Hannah on Instagram and online and all the things. Um, but Hannah, again, thank you. It's been a joy to talk with you today and you're bringing so much hope and excitement and just adding, um, a fresh reminder of where we should be planted and where we should land this Christmas season. So, so thank you for being here.
1: I've had so much fun, Tara.